welcome to We're Not Sisters Internet Sleuths, episode four. Wow. Well, Falls all around. We're Not Sisters is almost a teenager. Ugh. It's true. Wait, how? She's, we're almost at 13. Oh, I was like, how is four a teenager? <laughs> no, I meant, I meant the whole podcast in general. Okay. Yeah, we're nearly there. Wow. What are we going to do to celebrate um, its 18th? Um, we're going to go for Hernandez. Sounds good. <laughs> we only do something to celebrate. No one else can come. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, because it's exam season, RIP to me, uh-huh. uh, we're only doing one case today and, and it's- Eleanor's going to be doing it. It's my time to shine, baby. And next week, it's my creepypasta, too. It's just Eleanor. Eleanor It's Eleanor Fortnite. Eleanor Fortnite. I can't play Fortnite. (laughs) I can't play it. But it's my Fortnite. Yay. It is. Shall I jump into it? You should. Um, So before we get into the case, we just want to say we mean no offence to anyone that we talk about. Um... Eleanor just wanted to present this case to everybody. We're going to try and solve it, discuss it. You know, it's it's about an open discussion and we mean no offence, as I said. And yeah. Yeah. Um, more specifically for this episode, if you are a bit uncomfortable with ch- like child murders um, or young children, yeah, this one is for you. Go listen Check to our out other ones. Not the one about the boy in the thames though because that is also a child don't listen to torso in the thames that's also a child but (laughs) any other one or you know different different series that we yeah what's going on never has anything bad in it it did yes i mean yeah but not not like gross bad could yeah anyway (laughs) so let's go my case today is called the Phantom Freeway Killer. This is Ooh. a serial killer. Our oh. first serial killer of the podcast. Fireworks. Yeah. Actually, this is um this is Washington DC's first serial killer as well. Ooh, interesting. The first ever? Yeah. In history. I need to double check that, but I'm pretty sure when I was looking this up, a lot of articles said that it was their first, Hmm. Um, but I'll double check because who knows. Fact check. Fact check. Okay, let's get started. This is a decently chunky one because it is just me, so (laughs) stick in for the ride. Excited. Okay, so if you see me reading, I'm reading down here. Okay. see me reading, I'm reading. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, running and running and running. (laughs) I'm not running. Reading, 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 reading. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My bad. Right. Okay, let's go. 13-year-old Carol Spinks was in seventh grade. She was one of eight siblings and also had an identical twin sister, which is cool. Um, Her and her twin sister, uh, no one could really tell them apart. They would constantly play jokes on other people, like pretending to be each other and stuff. I love that. Close-knit twins. Um, Carol was said to be more quiet and she was the shy one out of all of the siblings and she was around four feet tall so she was 
quite small for 13. That sounds so weird to say four foot tall. Well, she was. I'm used to people saying five foot something. She was very I'm small. Like four, 11. four foot, that is very small, but she was still young. Yeah, but still. still. Yeah. Anyway, on Sunday the 25th of April, uh, Carol and her sisters are inside of their home and they are playing. Their mum comes in and says, I'm going to go and visit one of our relatives down the street. You guys stay in the house. Don't open the door for anyone. Don't leave the house. They're going to leave the house, aren't they? (laughs) Say said, okay. Mum leaves and the kids are playing again and someone knocks at the front door. Knock, knock, knock. They peek Uh outside and they see it's their older sister um, who no longer lives at the family home. So she opens the door. Carol opens the door and the sister said, hey, can one of you guys go to the store for me really quickly? Um, Can you just put this one thing up for me? And the kids are like, no, mum told us we can't leave the house. We're not allowed to go anywhere. Why could the sister have not gone herself? I don't know. Yeah, she was older. To come and ask the 13-year-old twins to go do anything. Is she banned from the shop? From the (laughs) 7-Eleven? Um, yes, they say no, and they close the door on her, and they go back playing. Um, <laughs> close the door on her. They're like, no, I will not go to the shop for you. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Um, yeah, so they do that, and then the sister starts pounding on the door, like pounding and pounding, and <laughs> really annoying. I swear to God, if she's like, can you get me a bag of crisps? I really need this bag of crisps. I need those Doritos so bad. Honestly, I can kind of get where she's coming from. <laughs> If she needed them that badly, she could have gone and come back by the time she convinced Well, that's the thing, because she travelled to their house to ask them. And this 7-Eleven was half a mile away, so surely she had to pass the 7-Eleven. Or any shop. Yeah, that's so weird. I don't get it. This is the 70s, though. Bear in mind. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Because... What, they were weird in the 70s? I mean... They trusted kids a lot. They say play out. Yeah, but that doesn't like that doesn't make it make sense though. Nothing will make it make sense, but we wanna move on. True. <laughs> um okay, so the seven eleven was half a mile from their home, a pretty decent walk, so Carol heads out. While she was on her walk, she actually ran into her mum, who sees Carol and is like, Why are you out here? What the hell are you doing? What, what did I tell you? you? Um, and so Carol explains the situation her mum says I'm going to watch you walk into the 7-Eleven but I better see you get back at the house and don't stop anywhere else so Carol's mum watches Carol going to the 7-Eleven store and then goes to the relative's house that she was going to anyway so back at the home 30 minutes goes by and the siblings are like where be Carol shouldn't take this long to go to 7-Eleven where is she Um, so they go outside and they start asking the neighbours if they've seen Carol. They then go down to the 7-Eleven store and they're like, have you seen Carol? Um, because the cashier was pretty familiar with the family, so he would have re- remembered what time like she came in and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fidget today. That's useful, though. It is very useful. Um, the cashier says, I saw her, she came and got some stuff and she left. So they know that she definitely like made it into the store because the mum saw her. She got some stuff and she left. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, maybe she's back at the house, and we kind of like just missed her. Missed her, like as we came. Somehow. to the mm-hmm. maybe she went a different way home. 
Come on, oh. Carol. Um, when they get home, Carol is still not there. She is nowhere to be seen. And everyone's getting very worried because their mum said, don't leave the house. And they, and they don't know that she Carol. saw her mum as well. Exactly. They think they're even in more trouble than they are. Mm-hmm. So the mum comes home and is like, where's Carol? And all the siblings say that they have no idea where she is. She hasn't come home. Um, so the mum ends up calling the police uh, to report Carol missing because she is missing. The police. It's like a oh, running God. thing in my cases where I just trash talk the police. Um, it's not even you trash talk them. I just it's tell what they, they just suck. They just suck in everything. They tell the mother that, oh, well, Carol probably just ran away. How does that make sense in any of the context of what happened that afternoon? So, Especially, wait, she was a more quiet one as well, right? So it doesn't yeah, suit her character true. either. Exactly. So, yeah, that's the advice they gave her. And the mum know, like, knows there's no way that she, she ran away. So mm-hmm. she gathered up all the neighbours and they went around looking around for her. But there was no sign of Carol. A neighbour did actually come out and say that earlier that day they saw Carol carrying a bag of food um, walking home. So mm. Carol was most likely snatched on her walk home from the store, um, which is a bit freaky because it was like obviously under everyone's noses. If it was like in the half a mile walk where they all seemed to be, the mum was there, the kids were looking for her. Yeah, the neighbours. It seemed to be busy. Yeah. Um, six days end up going by, no sign of Carol. That's a lot. On the 1st of May, police find on Route I-295, it's like the rear end of a hospital, they find a body of Carol Spinks. So she did. Uh, she Do you... Cut... Oh, wait, I'm just going to ask this, but you'll probably talk about it, but do you think if they'd done something in the first place, they might have found her alive? Or was she, like, killed straight away? I mean, we'll see. It... It's something to ask at the end because there's a few, like, I would say yes, but then, like, sometimes maybe no. Depends Mm. on what the guy was feeling. Yeah, Um, okay. So she had cuts and bruises all over her body and there were signs of strangulation. She was fully dressed, but her shoes were missing. And that's going to be something that you see as a pattern. Um, So they have to go to Carol's family and tell her we found her body. And the siblings feel really guilty because they let her out. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone just hates the police (laughs) because it's kind of the police's fault-ish. Yeah. Um, Well, they could have done more. Yeah, exactly. The coroner report comes out and it says that Carol suffered wounds to her face, neck and hands. And one of the strangest things of all was that there was food undigested in her stomach. So medical examiners believe that Carol was alive for most of the time she was missing because of the food in her stomach. So she was probably held hostage for at least a couple of days. So they could have found her alive. Exactly. Side note um, about the shoes. Foot fetish? It has to be. It has to be. It seems like like a thing. A thing. I think it was a bigger thing. The first case I heard about it, I was like, okay, that's weird. I can't remember what it was. Um, That guy would like be 125 pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know mm. that one that Eleanor Neal did? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But now it keeps coming up and I'm like... Yeah, because this is the what, second... Like, I've Link is there with shoe fetish slash foot yeah. fetish and murderer. 
because like some people say it's not a foot fetish it's more of like a trophy kind of thing but i was like you can take things mm-hmm. no but some of them actually they just it was a fetish because like they like to wear them and stuff mm-hmm. and they liked feet gross <laughs> yeah. um yeah so the police are searching for the merger but during this time in washington dc there were large protests happening against the vietnam war so the capital was taken over with thousands of protesters, rallies, there were people everywhere. Um, there were hundreds of people being arrested to the point where they no longer had any room to store these people. And they ended up making like makeshift camps to arrest protesters and hold them there. Every available police officer in the district was called in um, for emergency duty to help handle the protesters and make these arrests. Because of this, a lot of crimes got buried and got put on the back burner because it wasn't their main priority. So finding Carol's murderer was not anywhere on their list. And that's all. that's so weird as well because you'd think you'd think a missing thirteen year old would be way more important than than just know, some protesters. Yeah. Exactly. Um yeah, so not surprised. the family were even more pissed off. <laughs> um Mm-mm. Uh, and then in July 1971, this is two months after Carol was abducted and murdered, 16-year-old Darlenia Johnson was leaving her house and heading to her summer job at the local recreation centre. Darlenia never showed up for work that day. Her mother got a call asking if Darlenia would be showing up, and that's when she realised that her daughter was missing. Her mother calls the police to file a, a missing persons report. One witness comes forward and says that they saw Darlene in an old black car, which was driven by an African-American male shortly after her abduction. But that never led to anything. Also, it's very weird how you can like specifically see someone in a car. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't think... I really it's don't really think hard to look at people when they're in the car, like the glare of the windows and stuff. Especially to know that that's the person, like, say if I, st- I would never see you in a car driving past. I Unless I, like, beeped at you. Yeah. I don't look in car windows when they're going past. No. Unless Just I saw that it was, car. like, your car coming towards me or something. Oh, yeah, if I recognise the car, then I'd be like, yeah. oh, is that who I think it is? Yeah. But. <laughs> is that who I think it is? Is that who I think it is? Time passes by with no answers. Um, and the only thing that was different was in the weeks following the abduction, Darlene's mother got a bunch of random phone calls. Um, mm. so whoever was on the other end would never say anything. They would just pick up the phone and breathe heavily. Ugh. Ugh, don't I don't like that. Do, do not like that at all. Oh my God. Um... Darlene's mother said she had this gut feeling that it had something to do with her daughter, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and every time she would say this to the police, they would just not give a shit. They'd be like, huh, okay, can you prove this is the person that's taken your daughter? No, you can't. No, Shut but up. like, it's more than a coincidence, surely. Mm-hmm. Oh, my daughter's gone missing, and now I'm getting phone calls from a random person who's just like, <sighs> down the phone. Wait for it. It gets so much worse. Oh, yes. no. Place this, and they say there's nothing we can do. We can't. To be fair, they had no technology to track the phone call, so I don't know how much of a lead it was, but it was something. And then, yeah, she received one final phone call from the same number, and the mm. man on the other end spoke and said, "I killed your daughter." Which she then told the police, and they said, "We'll take note of that." 
dude. Um, dude. What? What the f***? It, what the f***? It gets worse. This next How can it get worse than that? Oh, it gets so much worse. Oh my god, what? So then, an anonymous caller calls up the police station. This person says they believe that there was a body along Route I-295. That's where the and, other one was. And this call was not taken seriously by the police. They didn't even go check it out. I'm, I'm sorry. First of all, same, same place where another missing child was just found. Dead. Yep. Anonymous call. Yep. Same as the mother of the missing child had just been getting. Yep. They could have at least done some sort of like voice comparison to see if it was similar. Yep. Like ask her if she recognized the voice if they've recorded it or something because they must Definitely. record all police calls. I know. It's the 70s. Yeah, but I feel like. I don't have much faith in these guys. True, but like I feel like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, what the hell? Well, can you guess what happens next? On the 19th the body's of found. 1971, an officer spots a body along the road of the I-295. What are the odds? Who would have known? Wow. Who would have known? They, um, how else would they have found out? No one was ever to they know. They would have never known, no. Thank you to this officer. Um, mm. Her body was dressed, but without shoes. There were signs of strangulation, but her body had been in this spot for at least 15 to 14 to 15 days in the hot sun, which led to serious decomposition. So the investigation. Two weeks? Yeah, 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 yeah. And nobody had noticed. Oh. Well, someone did. Someone did notice. Someone did notice and didn't say anything. No, the anonymous call. Oh, the anonymous call. Oh, see, my theory is the anonymous call was the person who did it. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah, but that's why he's like, you guys are not giving me enough attention that I want. So yeah, I'm like, I want, to, I want to be known as your first serial killer. Can you please find this body? Thanks. Yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> I literally put it in the same place as the last one. Like, what else can you find? <laughs> <ask for? laughs> so, yeah, so they were unable to ID the body based off of the face because of the decomposition. Um, police checked the missing persons report and based off of the report mentioning the clothing worn at the time of the disappearance they were able to ID the victim as Darlinia Johnson because of the decomposition they could not fully determine the cause of death but it is believed to be strangulation like the last one Mm -hmm. Darlinia was found 15 feet away from where Carol's body was found four months prior that is so close that's ridiculous. Oh my god, that scared me so bad. I had a phone <laughs> notification. It wasn't until later news came out that there was an anonymous tip about where the body was found because the police didn't want to tell people this because they didn't want to come across as stupid because they are stupid. Um, <laughs> like, I know I'm stupid, but I'm not going to let everyone know that I'm stupid. Oh, no, dude. So, yeah, it's believed that this anonymous tip came from the killer because there's physically no way you can spot a body where she was from driving on the freeway or anything like mm. that. You and literally have to be looking around for there. Yeah, you have to be looking for a body. Also, it's a very strange spot, a brave spot, if you will, to put these bodies because it is out in the open on a highway. 
Yeah, there's like there's no trees around or anything. It's just like barren land either side. Exactly. And also a freeway is constantly in use during the night as well, correct? Mm. So like I guess someone so. I mean less busy, less but so, but like still you've got to like look out for cars while you're dumping the body too. Mm. Yeah. So he said, I want to be caught. Low this key. man is giving himself up and they said, No, don't worry about it. No, we don't want you. We want those protesters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like just like what's happening right now. They're like creating crimes against people that protest. That and they forget about the real crime. Is true. Wow. Believe it's been um, fifty years. Roughly. No progress been made. Cool, love that. Cool, love to see it. Um, on the 27th of July, 1971, 10-year-old Brenda Crockett was asked to go to the grocery store, which was about half a block away from the family home. Half a block. To me, that's not a lot. It's very close. I don't know um, how you measure a block, but I know it's not a lot. I know it can't be that much. Um, she was given some money and headed out. The walk wouldn't have taken long, no more than a couple of minutes. But after some time passes, she's gone for at least over an hour. The family start to panic. The mum heads out of the house and starts looking for her. While the mum is out looking, um, the phone rings back home. Brenda's youngest sister, who was about seven at the time, picks up the phone. Oh no, poor baby. Brenda is at the other end of the phone, crying, and says, in quotes, a white man picked me up. And I'm being sent home in a cab. And the call just ends. A few minutes later, the phone rings again. But this time, Brenda's stepfather picks up the phone. And it's Brenda again. And he tells her, where are you? I can come and get you. Just tell me where you are. And Brenda said that she thought she was somewhere in Virginia. And then she asks her stepfather, did my mum see me? And her stepfather is like, what do you mean did your mum see you? If she saw you, she would have gotten you. And then he asks Brenda if the man can come to the phone so he can talk to him really quickly. He said that he then heard heavy footsteps in the background and the call ends. So it's believed that Brenda had asked if her mum had seen her because whoever the killer was was trying to get information if they were spotted or not. So like Uh... maybe it was a lady who was trying to stop him from taking this child and he assumed it was the mum. So she asked, did, you, did your mum see, did mum see me? And he said, Ooh. no. Here's my thought. He was like still in the area or like drove past. Mm. And she saw the mum who was out she's looking outside. for her. Yeah. So she's, so she was like trying to get her attention. Yeah. But she didn't know if she saw her. So she's like, did mum see me? Like, But then maybe. I also think the kid seems to think she's in Virginia, which is that a long way from Washington, D.C.? I mean, surely it would take a long time to get out of the state anyway. Yeah, like so huge. if the mum was literally right outside and then the phone rang, I don't know if, it, if they were talking about just then. So the next morning, around 10 to 6 in the morning, a hitchhiker was walking alongside Route 50. The hitchhiker comes across 10-year-old Brenda's body. Brenda was fully dressed, but again, her shoes were missing. She had a scarf which was knotted around her neck. After this, families were getting, like, really scared because someone was coming around taking kids and killing them. Um, and they also had no trust in the police in the slightest. Also understandable. Yeah. Um, the black community voiced that, hey, if these kids were white, 
I'm sure there would be a movement happening or the cases would be going somewhere. But because all mm. of these kids were black. Oh, uh, yeah. Very fair point. And I'm not Very surprised. fair and horrible. Probably quite accurate, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the news reporters at the time were doing more than the police. The news reporters were just asking the neighbours about the times that people were abducted, whereas the police hadn't asked anyone questions. <laughs> Even after the bodies were found, like they're not, they're not doing any investigations. They said we don't care. Yeah, they said we were protesters. We got these protesters to deal with. I don't care if you've got three dead children recently. Yeah, so some time has gone by now. It's now October the 1st. 12-year-old Ninamotius Yates, she was at home in northeast Washington. Her father asked her to go to the store, which was one block away. Now, this is a very running theme. (laughs) Some people say that why did the dad send her out knowing that this was going on in Washington? But also this was the 70s. Also, like... You gotta live your life still. Yeah, exactly. Like, to be fair, crime is going on all the time. Like, if mm-hmm. you're scared of things happening, you wouldn't go out ever. Exactly, and because also, it's like, all oh, like it had been a happen. When was this? When did Brenda die? In July. So this is now October. Mm, it'd been a few months, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, she agrees to go to the store to grab some things for dinner. Um, unfortunately, between the store and her walking home, she never made it. Three hours later, off of Route 4, her body was found. The same as others, she was fully dressed, she was missing her shoes, but she'd also seemed to be sexually assaulted and she was strangled. Oh. There was one witness report who came forward and said that they saw her get into a blue Volkswagen, but that also led nowhere. They also, also... It... Sorry, it seems like um the time of it happening and like her body being found is a lot quicker Quicker. than before yeah it seems to be getting a lot quicker because last one was like the next morning and this was three hours so this guy's getting quicker he's not keeping them anymore Mm. they also found green fibers on her clothing um which was also a pattern that they saw too and Mm. didn't look into where the green fibers could have come from probably the car exactly I just, how come we're coming to these conclusions and the police say, we don't Honestly. know. Honestly. It's too hard for us. Sorry. I, I only have one brain cell. I'm a police officer. My brain cell is actually called protesters. So that's all really like in the world. That's all I can focus on. Sorry. The media is now reporting on these murders and they're putting a lot of pressure on the police to make an arrest. Good. Everybody to think they were not doing their best to try and figure out what was going on. They still had no answers. They had no leads. They literally had nothing. On top of that, for some weird reason, the police weren't connecting all of the murders. They were treating this as four separate murderers. Still. they were Two of them were found in the same place. They were all found strangled, clothed, no shoes. And all the same target. Yeah, exactly. There was one news source who believed that it was a single killer who dubbed them as the Freeway Phantom 
because they believe the killer was using the I-295 as their main way to stalk and pick up girls and then make their escape back down the route, like out of the mm. state. Um, the FBI finally steps in. Um, Thank so God. Now they, now they take evidence from the victims' bodies because that was also not done before. That's awful. Um, yeah. That's when they realised that all four of the victims had been strangled, they all had their shoes missing, and they all had this green fibre found on their body. So the FBI was like, most likely these four murders were committed by the same person. Whoever this person was, was believed to be DC's first serial killer. Yeet. Do not laugh. <sighs> no. It's cool, but it's not cool. <laughs> on the 16th of November, 1971, so this is just over a month after, um, the body of 18-year-old Brenda Woodard was found on the freeway ramp of the Baltimore-Washington Parkway. Brenda was stabbed multiple times and also strangled. She was fully dressed, but unlike the others, she still had her shoes on. One report that I read mm. said that Brenda actually had her name written on her shoes, which is why everyone thinks that he left the shoes on so oh, that they could identify they her. Oh, so that they could identify her or so that if he was found with those shoes, they mm. could link it back to her because like if they did if they had their name on it and they caught him, they could be like, well, this is her shoes. It's got her name on them. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this guy is desperate to be caught by his behavior. Yeah, previously. he he definitely seems like um he's doing it for the attention. Yeah, and I also think because he knows that the police seem to not take his tip seriously and leave the bodies out for two weeks in the hot sun. I know it's yeah. not really hot in November, but still, I think he knows that he does want to. I don't know. Maybe he does want them to be identified so that the families know. I really don't know. I don't know. Maybe he he just wants that. Like he's trying to help them because, like, serial killers do this really sick thing where, mm -hmm. like, a lot of the time they think they're smarter than the police. So they yeah. think, oh well, you guys are like getting nowhere. So I'll give you even more clues mm -hmm. because you'll never catch me anyway. Yeah, and then they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. So something that was also different with Brenda was that she had a velvet coat placed over her chest, which was believed to not belong to her. In the oh. front pocket of the coat, there was a handwritten note which had a message in it, and they believe this message was written for the police. The note said, and I quote, this is tantamount to my insensitivity to people, especially women. I will admit the others when you catch me if you can. Freeway Phantom. And that note was handwritten. So they're like, the police are like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what we can do? We can, we can try and find out whose handwriting that is. What, are they <laughs> going to gather everyone in the country's handwriting and compare I them? I don't know all? how they did it, but they were like, let's do a handwriting comparison. And they actually find out the note was written by Brenda. Oh, that's, that's clever. He made her write it. But interestingly, the note was written in her own notebook. Also, the word tantamount stood out to investigators because it's not a word you hear people use too often. Very so true. they have no leads but this note and the word tantamount. <laughs> tantamount. 
great. Ten months go by, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually thought that whoever was doing this was going to stop because it had been ten months without anything. But why would why would you think that? Fifth of September, nineteen seventy-two. Seventeen-year-old Diane Williams went to visit her boyfriend. To get there, she had to take the bus. After hanging out with him for the night, Diane and her boyfriend walked to the bus stop together. They waited for the bus to arrive. He put her on the bus, um, watched her get on the bus, everything, and then he got home and she never made it home. Hey. Um, How far was the bus stop from her house? I don't know, actually. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, so she never made it home. Her body was found a few hours later en route Oh, I-295. Um, of course it was. Yeah. She was, she was fully dressed. Her shoes were missing. Uh, they did find semen on her clothing, um, on her jeans. And they just assumed that that was her boyfriend's semen. So they didn't test it. They didn't take it. Oh, yeah. I love you, my girlfriend. I'm going to come all over your clothes. Love you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. This is, this is proof of my love for you. I'm going to leave <laughs> one mark. And wear these wherever you go so everybody knows you're mine. <laughs> Ew. Imagine just walking around with cum stains. Okay. Anyway. It yeah, was later stupid, determined. Basically. Yeah. It was later determined that the semen did not belong to him. Okay, at least um, I tested it, but. Thank God. Later, though, so um, the time they, you- yeah, they also found green fibre on her as well, and they were now believing that this green fibre may have come from the inside of a car, but they said wow. they're really not sure, so they left really? it alone. They're not sure. They're not going to look into it. They stopped. Uh, that's too difficult. I had a thought. I had one single thought. One good thought. But now I need to have a break. There's too much brain power for me. Thanks. If anyone's watched um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this is um, Hitchcock and Scully. They just don't do anything. This is them. The whole police department of Washington, D.C. Similar to two guys on the TV. Love that. So police end up pulling out a huge file of predators and potential suspects, just hoping to find some sort of connection to someone. They come across a local gang called the Green Vega Rapists. Cool gang name, dudes. Um, <laughs> they hung around Washington, D.C., and they were known to kidnap and rape victims. That's their name, so they do that. Um, yeah, and the name. That's what they do. So you know. Yeah. Um, so they were questioned individually, each member individually. Some of the people that they questioned were like, there's this inmate over in Lawton Prison. This guy might have some information regarding the case. Go talk to him. Which I don't know why the police put, like, everything now on this guy because they obviously all were, like, deflect onto this guy who's already in prison. Yeah. And they never tried to... I think they were just desperate. Mm. Because of all the media pressure as well, they were just like, yeah, let's just pin it on someone. someone. They always do that. So they go out and question this inmate and he agreed to talk to the police and give information with two conditions. If they would help him get a lesser sentence um, and if he could remain anonymous. So the police said, yeah, because we don't have anything. 
We need yeah, you to like, talk to us. We're desperate, please. So they're asking him questions and he seems pretty credible. So like, okay, we're going to take this guy out on a few ride-alongs to where the victims were dumped and kind of test him to see if he's credible and he's not just making it up to get out of prison. This inmate was able to describe what the victims were wearing and where they were dumped. But there were some inconsistencies with this story. So he might know what's going on, but he doesn't know much else. So they yeah. were like, not really. So they took him it on wasn't a few 100%. More. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't that he only knew things that only the public would know and nothing that the killer would know, but like a lot of his stuff wasn't matching up. Uh, yeah. So they take him on a last um, ride along. And when they're driving, they're listening to the radio. During this time, there was an election going on and one of the candidates publicly announced to the press that they had a break in the case. An inmate from the Lawton prison had provided information to help get this case closed. This candidate. Oh no, is he going to be like, I recant everything? Because you said I could be anonymous and this is not anonymous enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the the candidate. Again. This is happening in your last game. Yes, the candidate who's mentioning it, mentioning it publicly in hopes to win people's votes because it was showing he was harsh on crime and that Mm. was all people were voting for in these protests. Did you know there were protests going on? I think there might have been some protests going on. I don't know about you, but I've just got a feeling. I feel like there is, but who's to know? Yeah, I'm not sure. They haven't mentioned it. No. Um, yeah, Nobody so... Cares, especially not the police. <laughs> so they, they hear this on the radio. The inmate starts to freak out, saying, you said I could be anonymous. People are going to figure out it's me. They're going to know it's I'm the snitch. So after he hears that, he pulls out, declined further interviews, and denied that he ever provided information to the case in the first place. So the police dropped the ball again. They just can't hold on to the ball. They dropped it. <sighs> they fucked it once again, but... So then the police... No surprise again. Instead of being like, oh, we dropped the ball because this happened, they said, nah, he was completely wrong. He didn't answer any of our questions. He didn't know what he was talking about. They made it out like he was never a good, a good person. They were like, to yeah, no, because they didn't want to look bad. Yeah, these guys... So many people then believed that the Green Vega rapists weren't even involved in the murders anymore because this guy, his confession wasn't consistent and the group, the gang, they didn't start committing crimes until 1972, which Mm. was well after, like all these crimes happened in 71. So oh, yeah. it didn't match up. It didn't and match up. Didn't. Also, did they did they think um did part of the reason why they thought it was them at first because they have green in their name, like the green fiber? They like children. That says green in it, so no. It was green and green. <sighs> it must it must be. Green it and green makes an arrest. Um <sighs> yeah. So Maybe not. They look for another suspect. They come across 58-year-old Robert Askins, who was a computer technician. He had been previously charged with abducting and raping a 24-year-old woman in Washington. And with one of his victims, he made the victim write a note, which was very similar to Brenda's situation. Mm. They also discovered that Robert seemed to use the word tantamount pretty often. When investigators went and asked his colleagues at the National Science Foundation where he worked, 
they informed investigators that Robert used this word a lot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, Robert, he loves to say town. Don't get enough. <laughs> Imagine if they didn't even ask them about the word. They just go up to the museum. They're like, hey, do you know anyone by any chance who says tantamount a lot? Or, no, what actually, if... I think it would be funnier if it was unprovoked. Like, the police didn't yeah, ask. I, yeah, they were just like, guys, you really, the police, you must really know this about this man. That I don't even know if you're asking about him, but, God, he uses that word a lot. <laughs> he just loves to say gentleman. <laughs> and we find that weird. And then the um, police are, like, shook. They're like, they're like, like yeah. old moment. So based on that, the fact that he used on tantamount, <laughs> yeah, they acquired a search warrant. Which, how did the courts approve that? They usually ask you for some sort of evidence before they can provide you with a warrant. So how come they just said, "Oh yeah, the colleague said that he uses this word a lot," and they were like, "And that oh. word was used in a note on one of the victims." Yep, done. Say no more. That's crazy. So they basically gathered a lot of documents and stuff from his home, but they found no physical evidence that linked him to any of the crimes. They had completely nothing on Robert, so he was never linked to it. Uh, Later on in life, Robert ended up dying in the Federal Correctional Institution in 2010. He was 91 um, because he had actually been imprisoned for two further DC area abductions, rapes in the mid-70s, but he admitted to all of them and he denied he was ever had anything to do with the freeway yeah Um, and if he was going to jail for the other two i think i feel like he might have said if he confessed to the other ones yeah doesn't really make sense yep so there were some other suspects their names were edward sullivan and tommy simmons these two were if you thought this was like making sense with the current events just you wait. Oh, These God. two were ex-police. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. For the murder of 14-year-old Angela Barnes. So she was originally thought to be a victim of the Phantom Freeway Phantom. Authorities determined that Angela wasn't linked to the serial killer because even though she was found in the same area as the other victims, at the same time the other victims were found, she was um, found with a gunshot wound. Oh. Apparently. So Wait, which, was, which were, like, what number one was this? Number, the second one? No, this is a different lady. Oh, it's not one that we talked about? No, no. Okay. I did not include her. I couldn't remember the names. There's so many names. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't talked about her before. Um, because? But, yeah, because they just ruled it that it was the two police. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think they were trying to make it look like it was part of that? Yeah, because they were police. Which, hold on to the thought, but don't think it now. Unthink the thought. I haven't thought um, any yet. Good, good. Keep unthinking. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so when word came out that the two ex-policemen had murdered Angela, everyone was like, see, this is why we don't trust the police. This is why um, we don't like you guys. Yeah. I no idea why these two weren't considered to be like they weren't even considered to be part of the other murders. There's like no concrete answer as to why they weren't connected. So keep that thought, but don't think it yet. Okay. So after time, the case ends up going cold. 
Then, in 1987, a new sergeant comes into the district. She started to work on cold cases predominantly. So she opens up this case, she pulls out all the books, pretty much just to track everything, to kind of understand everything. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know where this is going, so... It had lists and lists and lists of the evidence that they pulled, like the, um, you know, the evidence logs say, like, this is this and this is where we found it. Oh, no, what? was it done by those two? No, because that would have been hilarious. No. When she goes to then find the evidence, she sees, like, a, a note that says 99.9% of all the evidence had been destroyed. Why? Apparently, <laughs> when a case is closed, they just destroy all the evidence. Somebody, Even if it's not been solved, yeah. Well, somebody said that, like, so this was like the green fibres, the velvet coat, everything was gone. There was literally not a single piece of physical evidence to see from this case. That's so nothing. awful. Forensics, nothing. Gone, everything. Me thinks. It's a police cover-up. So you can now think those thoughts. Because oh. in order for evidence to be destroyed, an officer has to prove that the case is no longer open. Oh. And who were they trying to... Who, who did they, for some reason, never connect the crimes to? And who were, the, were people saying, oh, this is why we don't like you? Mm-hmm. And they weren't about to be like, oh, we don't like you even more because yeah. now they did this too. I wholeheartedly believe if not, if it isn't those two, it was still the police because they would never have done this. Yes. I had a, I had a thought. Think you thought. know how it was on the freeway? Yeah. You wouldn't question a police car on being like pulled over like on the side of the freeway. They could be like, oh, they're watching the speeds with those hair They're watching the speeds or... <laughs> They look like heads. Or, you know, we, we just saw something or we're just checking out something or we're waiting for someone to drive past, anything. Yep. But you wouldn't question that compared to a normal car. Exactly. Oh? Yeah, I definitely believe it was a police cover-up because... Do you think oh, it was those same two guys, though? I or just police in general? Because the only differentiating factor between that girl's murder and the others was that she had a gunshot wound. Gun wound. She was found in the exact same place around the exact same time the others were found. Did she have I, no shoes? I don't know. But I would assume probably they would have mentioned that, so I think she mm. did. I don't know. I just think... I don't Maybe think not those two then, but still. Enough to be like, let's copy this killer, but I do definitely think it was some sort of police because that was a cover-up. Mm. So, yeah, the, the sergeant assumed that because the case had been forgotten, they just assumed it was closed, even though it needs direct you need, like, communication kind of thing. to say that like, this It's a very yeah. official procedure. Yep, 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 yep. So the sergeant, she realises this error, and she's like, now I have to rebuild the whole story. So she calls up the FBI, and she's able to get the coroner's report about the victims regarding the case. It's not really anything helpful. It's, just like, oh, it's something, but... So um, they go back to the victims' families. They ask for pictures and clothing, items, just things to build a profile about all the victims. 
Mm. And as soon as they go to the families, the families are like, what are you guys doing? Why are you coming back to us for all of this stuff? What's happening? Yeah, they're Um, like, they knew something was up because they're like, we know you already have. We told you this. Or you should have. (laughs) Yeah, this happened 15 years ago. You should have everything. So she had to say, someone done burnt it all. Yeah, so she tried to gather as much paperwork regarding the case, but because there is not a single shred of physical evidence left, she can't. She can't even try. That's so awful. Yeah, so they kind of, they tried to switch their line of inquiry now to kind of build a profile of the killer. So they believe that he was a psychopath, which makes sense because it's usually a psychopath who leaves the tips and the notes and tells them where it is and wants them to mm-hmm. find it. They believe they most likely hated women. Um, that he was mostly between the ages of 27 to 32 at the time of the murders. Also most likely held a day job, which they explain a little bit. Um, they also said that he would have been overly confident, which makes sense with the tips. Yeah, definitely um, so the abductions always take place between 6 and 10 p.m., which is usually when everyone's come home from work, which is why mm. they think that they had a day job. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Because they would have come home around, like, half five, six. So they would have come home, had dinner, like, everyone... Had dinner. <laughs> Got to get ready you before kill. I go out. You can't kill on an empty stomach. Jeez, of course Greta. not. Ugh. So, yeah, it's a... It's a very high chance of getting caught during that time, but because they were overly confident in a psychopath, I think that's why they did it. They were like, yeah, that's the best time. Yeah, yeah. Um, They believe that it was possible that the killer actually knew some of the victims and that they were able to gain their trust because of how quickly they seemed to snatch them. They didn't have to follow them or coax them in with anything. It seemed that they just jumped in the car with them. Mm, That lends to the police theory as well. They're Bundy. Just a police officer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. So, yeah, they basically think that he lived in the area because he mm. knew he knew where everyone was was going to be the shop where kids most likely go shopping for the family stuff. Mm. I don't know. Or it could have been a location important to them, but I think it makes sense more for them to, to live, live in the area. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the new sergeant who reopened the case, she retired in 94. So there was no closure, no arrest had ever been made. And to this day, the freeway phantom killer still remains a mystery. Ta-da. I hate that. Please. The worst part is he's probably dead now. Oh, definitely. If he was, if he was in his, well, let's say, like, maximum 30s when he was doing the crimes, then... He'd be, like, 80. He might be alive, but... I don't know. I just... If he was a psychopath and stuff and really confident, do you ever think that... I would have thought that it got to a certain point when he was like, okay, it's me. Like, you guys are being annoying. I think yeah, it's all that crazy one. Because I feel like um, with cases like that where they're overly confident and stuff, they keep giving more and more. Like, they don't stop. Until they physically, like, hand themselves Until, in. yeah. Until it's like, like, oh, fine. Like, I want to be known for this. Yeah, like, I want to be... Because, like, I, they must have known that they were going to be the first serial killer. In that area. Yeah. Or even if they weren't, like, they still just wanted to be known for it. Exactly. They, like, I managed to do this thing. Yeah. And the media had given him a name. Like, Mm. that must have been so cool for them. I don't know. I just 100% believe it has something to do with the police. 
Either they felt terrible for dropping the ball like five times, or it was those two dickheads. But that, it doesn't make sense for them to burn all the evidence if they felt terrible for it because, yeah, you know, they would do their best to, yeah, not make surely, the same mistakes that they had been making. Surely it would look better on them if they could somehow, whatever year it was, like, yeah. solve it, it would have looked great. Exactly, like being like, oh, we'll leave this for when technology is better or, you know, we can look into it more, things like that. Like the semen, the green fibres. Yeah. Forensics would have come on leaps and bounds in the 80s. Yeah. Like the green green fibres, could they not at least have looked for, like, cars that have green the carpet cars. on the inside? Yeah. There was probably, like, one make of car that everyone seemed to have at that time that probably had a green interior. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just so... This could have been so easily, like, not... How many how many girls died? Like, five? Too many. Too many, first of all. But also, the first one, Carol, she was held for a few days. Mm, like, it could have been could all have, prevented in the first place. If they had found her and taken the mum seriously, then they would... It wouldn't have of, escalated. No one else would have died, and they wouldn't be in a stupid mm. situation. I... I'm thinking also, you know, about the police mm -hmm. thing. Like, you know how they were just never giving it any attention in the first place? Mm -hmm. Was it also because they knew something? Well, that's the thing, because if you, again, linking to recent events with Sarah Everard, the policeman that killed her, he had been, like, caught in doing indecent exposure, things like that. And they never mm -hmm. took it anywhere because they knew it was one of yeah, their Yeah, they own. just gave him a little tap on the wrist and they were like, okay, yeah, off you go. Because it was one of their own. So I think it's a similar situation where they knew it was him or thought it was him. Maybe he yeah, had suspicions. Maybe one of them, one of one, maybe he said tantamount a lot and they were like, all right, guys, Jeff, <gasps> their sergeant, Their sergeant was like, it is tantamount that we find this. And they're like, well, I, I could just imagine them. Just, all in a huddle, like guys, guys. G Jeff just said tantamount. Oh, <laughs> I think it's Jeff. <laughs> and he's and like, no, no, guys, don't, don't get the wrong idea. I just picked it up, like because of the note. The note, and they're like, like it's just it's in my head now, and they're like, okay, Jeff, sure, and they get yeah. on with life because they're stupid. And he's their boss, so they can't say anything against him. Although there we risk, go. It was risk losing their job. It was Jeff. It was Jeff. We solved it. <laughs> it was Jeff. Yay. <laughs> First case on. No, but like whoever was in charge, like I just think I don't I don't even know how to word it. Some they knew more than they were letting on. They had to it. The way they, they just dismissed every single Somebody thing. knew something for sure. Corruption. I hate it. Abolish the police. You found the police and put it into like something else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lol. Huh. Well, that was a fun one. <laughs> that was a frustrating one. It pissed me off. Yeah, mine seemed to do that. Apologies. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be a bit weird if cases like this didn't piss you off. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's quite bad. And she's like, I do not care in the slightest about what you just told me. Yeah. Like, okay, that was great. Thank you. It's like, yes, I have one brain cell <laughs> like the police. And only protests. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but yeah, again, like the the fact that they so easily picked up all the victims. Yeah. They like can't it, have known all these random children. How would they know all of them? Because is, if their families know each other? Well, not necessarily, but they all seem to live, like, near each other. So you know, like, how the cashier knew the family because they always shopped there? Yeah. So, like, like if somebody, like, lived around the neighbourhood and they were quite chatty. They were, like, a familiar face. And, like, in, in the 70s, you didn't have to, like, express... Like, there was no stranger danger, per se. Like, you wouldn't mm. avoid talking to someone because you didn't know them, especially as a kid, you weren't taught that. So... Mm, true, true. I, I think it would have been easier for anyone who just lived around there to just mm. be like, come in my car. I still think also police makes a lot more sense, though, because... That's why, like, kids... There's 100% someone a kid would trust. They're like, yeah, police officer yeah. said, oh, I'll give you a lift home. That's what I think. You're carrying a lot of stuff from the store. Let me let me hop in. I'll take you home. Yeah, that's what I think. That makes so much sense because it's always like when they're going to the shop and stuff most of the time. Like, oh, little kids. Like, jump, jump, jump. Oh, you're carrying so much stuff, and it must be heavy. I'll take you home. Or pretending like they broke a law or something, like jaywalking or whatever the f*** uh, And, like, the kids are, like, they're, like, like, they're 10 to they're 13. They're terrified, they yeah. Know. Like, please tell you you've done something wrong. Cuff me, dude. I don't know if I've done something wrong. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not going to argue. I jaywalk all the time in the UK because it's not a crime. Yeah. I don't know if what I, I'd do without it. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I would never use a crossing. Well, I mean, I do, but, like, <laughs> there are How? definitely roads that... If I, I can, can, I will always just go. Anyway, police, police suck. We be new. We be new. Um, fuck whoever did that. Yeah, I hope you hope you had a bad life, even though you uh, seem a horrible, win. horrible life. And I hope their families healed, yeah. at least somewhat. Imagine those. The, the twin sister of Carol, the first girl. Yeah, she must have felt so like, like why didn't I go? Or why like learn to stop? Yeah, that's sad. That's very sad. Next week, creepy pasta. No more sadness. I need to find a story. We're gonna leave it there this week, and as usual, we appreciate any support. We we're at. 62 subscribers at the moment as we record this thank you i believe we're at about 40 followers on spotify wow we're kind of at 100 if we wow thanks guys and also almost at our first 100 views even though it's only the trailer but still still um i also wanted to shout out just in case you didn't see it in the description of the last podcast on Spotify, but we are now doing face cam here on YouTube. So if you would prefer to see our faces, come over to YouTube sometime. Yeah, come come look at us. I mean, we, yeah. We look nice, I promise. We try our hardest to look nice. <laughs> we try, but yeah. Anyway, thank you all for supporting and 
as you have been, please leave support in any way you can on this podcast by liking, subscribing, commenting, adding to your library, tell your friends. That's the most important part. You should tell your friends. Because we need friends. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at We Not Sisters. TikTok has two S's in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's it from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.